Hey, welcome to the Little Better Podcast. My name is Daniel, and I'll be your host. This week on the podcast, we talk all about your gifts, how you're empowered like a Marvel character. Just kidding. We're talking about spiritual gifts and jumping into serving wherever God has placed you uh, here at Northridge Church. We're so excited to learn about your gifts and how you can put them to use when you find locate a passion, do it in the context of community, and we'll find out more all about serving today on A Little Better. Remember, our goal on this podcast is to know Jesus better and by the power of His Spirit, do better so together we can be a little better. Hey, welcome to the Little Better Podcast. This is week six on Habits for Change in our series, A Little More On, and today we're talking all about serving. Before we do, we were trying to get into it a little bit before we started filming, but I wanted to save it. A little bit of banter about the Super Bowl. All right, so just a hot take. I'm watching our clock so we don't go too far, but yeah, what'd you think? So I grew up with Super Bowl. There were so many blowout Super Bowls growing up. And I would say like the last 20 years have had a lot of great Super mm. Bowls. So it was entertaining. I didn't care about either team, but it was a great game. You know, it tense right down to the mm. end. Um, I was rooting for Joe Burrow, I guess. But uh, oh. I don't know. Why, I, I, I why, Joe, why Joe Burrow? I don't know. I. <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> just because Cincinnati... Just, you know, second year in the league. Cincinnati had a losing record last year. I, it, was, it was a nice story. To you know, I, I heard someone say, and I thought this was a good point, as Bills fans, you should cheer against Joe Burrow. Because well, we they, might be facing him quite a bit. Well, not just that, mm-hmm. but then, like, Josh Allen just goes lower in the totem pole of quarterbacks <laughs> in the AFC. Because you're, you're always going to have Patrick Mahomes there. And then yeah. if Burrow wins a Super Bowl, you know he's going to jump into that category. And so there's Josh Allen, who's just... Sitting there by himself. Well, how, how does that hurt him? He doesn't get to the Pro Bowl. He hasn't been to the Pro Bowl yet. Well, right? there's just someone over him. Yeah. Right? Because once you get that Super Bowl, you're a good quarterback. You're just automatically better than Josh Allen until he proves mm. it. But he didn't. So I, I care more about the Bills winning than that. Well, so. I, yeah. <laughs> so, so I mean, both ways would hurt you, actually. I care more about the Bills winning. <laughs> All right, what about the halftime show? The halftime show, was it your favorite, your least favorite? Didn't even watch it? I, 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 I watched it. I, I'm... I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm old. <laughs> I mean, I, I've, I saw all over Facebook, you know, the millennials just being like, that was my, that was all those songs I knew and Did everything. Did it work for them? I, I don't know. I, I've never seen a halftime show, really, that I've been like, wow. I'll tell you this halftime show I loved was U2 after 9-11. Um, that was a long time ago, but that was, they and they, they had... Um, uh, like the banners behind and the stars and stripes, but then the names of victims. It was uh, and the towers fell, mm. but it was it was it was an emotional time. Yeah. And 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 you too. They're not even Americans, but just you know, incredible tribute. Yeah, Daniel yeah. and I were still drinking out of a bottle. I think when that <laughs> happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I was probably uh, in here, high here's, school. Here's the hot take on the. Uh, I saw this on a meme like last night, and I thought it was hilarious. The irony that Fifty Cent performed between two quarters. <laughs> You know, so two two sets of quarters, two halves, two halves. You know? Really stretching yes. it there. It's it was good. So. I, I think we're done. All right, we're done. <laughs> All right, Drew, back to you. All right, sermon in sixty. What was it about? 
was about how we are, so we talked about the habit of serving, obviously, and then we talked about the body, right? Our physical body and the, the body of Christ and how those two compare so well because our physical body is made of so many parts and each part has a specific role to play and affects another part of the body. And just like us, when we don't do play our role, when we don't use our gifts, when we don't contribute, we hurt the body as a whole. And so the whole push was to play your part, right? You have a part in the body, you have a spiritual gift, you have passion. And so use those for the glory of God and the betterment of the body of Christ. Mm, that's good. Uh, so who is the spiritual appendix? Because we haven't figured out what that... <laughs> what role at Northridge is... The, the spiritually useless part of the body? We don't have one, right? There is no appendix. There is no appendix. You should have brought that out. But, but no, so first question is... Um, the tension between the past two weeks, it, it got brought up in community group. I even heard it a little bit on Sunday. Uh, people, you know, joking about rest. And then we followed up with serving. Like we just told people, to, you know, to rest. Now we're telling them to do more. Uh, is, is there a tension that exists there or how do we resolve that or live in that tension? Anybody can jump in. You know, I think, um, I think there's a different way to serve and do work with, Sort of like uh, I don't know, eye of the hurricane, peace in the storm. That there, 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 there can be a rest that is enjoyed even when serving. A rest from uh, performance, a rest mm-hmm. from evaluation, a rest from stress. But to to do to serve in a way that doesn't take energy out of you, but gives gives you energy. Yeah. Um, peaceful, unhurried, um, in the zone, flow. I mean, I think there's ways to. Again, be at, I was talking <clears throat> before the podcast about just there's always a danger when we talk about serving of being guilt based, mm-hmm. you know. And I've heard sermons that make it sound like the church will fall down <laughs> if people don't sign up immediately, you know. We're not going to make budget or whatever, or these kids, you know. Um, are in physical danger. I don't know. But <laughs> None of our kids are in physical danger, by no, the no, way. No, no, we're good. None we're of good. our kids. We're totally good. But, uh, but there can be kind of a desperation or, and people, I hate to see people trapped in roles, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I, I, I love, I, um, and it here, and I've seen in previous churches that people are free to change roles, right? Don't get yeah. trapped, you know, in yeah. a role. But you know, if I don't do this, it's not going to get. No, if this. The joke that I joke, the joke that I've said uh, in several different contexts about serving. Uh, you know, a lot of times we think of serving at the church as you're locked in this role until you die or Jesus comes back. <laughs> and so it's like, but that we don't want that to be the case. You know, right. like yeah. we try to um, in a lot of the areas that I help you know, shepherd and volunteers, it's, we try to do a annual re-up. Mm-hmm. And so it's like almost every year you get an opportunity to like, Hey, you go on the bus for another year. Yeah. Uh, obviously, cause there is some benefit in like, I'm going to ride this out for a season right. because you don't want to be flaky in mm-hmm. your role. Like right. you don't want to just hop around from like, I'm a greeter one week. and like, I don't want to do that anymore. Let me go to the cafe mm-hmm. and then kids, men, and then like somewhere else. But you know, you can lock in like, I'm going to test this out for, this year or Mm -hmm. whatever the case would be. Mm -hmm. I don't know if every ministry area at Northridge does like that, but I know like kids, men, youth, we kind of say like, okay, every year we're going to re-ante up. Like, are you in for another year kind of thing? Right, right. And I think when it comes to this question, it's not 
you don't pick one or the other. It's both. Yeah. That's why we this series is all about habits, right? Mm-hmm. You need both habits in your life. So right. you should be contributing somewhere and also finding space in your life for the rhythm of rest. And so yeah. rest it can be, it doesn't have to be like a weekly thing. It's a rhythm in your life. So mm-hmm. there are seasons in my life where, man, we serve and we contribute and in the, it's exhausting, but... Mm-hmm. Over the hill, we're like, okay, we're going to take a break and we're going to rest. There's rhythms, right? And mm-hmm. so you don't choose between these two. You have to have both of them in your life. And, you know, it. I think part of the problem why it's hard to rest is because what Scripture says, when people choose not to contribute, other people have to contribute more. If mm-hmm. we would all do our part it would naturally build in rhythms of rest because mm-hmm. there's backups for the backups, right? So when you're off, someone else is on. You're resting, someone else is contributing. That's the way the body works, right? When something's hurt, something else steps up and compensates until that body part fixes and heals, right? That's mm. the way the body of Christ is meant to be. If we all contribute, we're, we all have the ability to rest. Mm-hmm. But when we all don't play our part it makes it harder on certain people to do that. Yeah, I, even nuancing it a little bit more is, if you remember in the talk that I gave, uh, most of the point wasn't about, like, you should take a nap. Right. It, it was like, you need to delete some things out of your life that are either making you un, um, stressful, distracted, or some of those things. And most of those things, I would point back to tension points of, that the root cause probably is either social media or the amount of media intake mm. we're doing. If if the average person in America is spending five and a half hours either on their phone or watching TV, and the chances are they're not watching like, you that's know, the worst rest possible. That's the worst right. kind of rest possible, and we need to delete some of that out of our lives so that we can add some of these other habits. Mm-hmm. And then even further so, I would probably say that most Americans' Sabbaths the easiest way to do that is probably like Saturday night at six through Sunday night at six. But in that hour, we're not so legalistic. You know, Jesus even says, is it unlawful to help someone on the Sabbath? Right. And he's like, no, is you missed the point. to do kids ministry. <laughs> is, is it, uh, you know, and he's like, and to the Pharisees, you know, like I was in a conversation of like, did Jesus break the law on the Sabbath? Well, I don't think so. I don't think we see the point of where Jesus ever breaks the law. He is re-attuning them to the heart of the law in the first mm-hmm. place. Like he, He's not breaking law on the Sabbath by plucking grain heads or right. doing these, any of these things. But he is, he's going to church. He's serving other people yeah. on the way. Like, yeah. And that can be, if you have the right attitude and mindset, not one of, I'm serving out of guilt, like you mm-hmm. said, Brad, right. but I'm serving as, out of a, a contributing... And just, I'm so excited. I get the opportunity to do this. Like, well, it's gratitude. Yeah, it's an attitude it's, of gratitude. It's, it's grace, right? It's just enjoying and paying forward grace. It's the gospel, yeah. you know, which is frees us, you know, from guilt. And again, it's such a different dynamic of a workplace that you probably go to where. You know, there's these performance appraisals, and you may or may not keep your job, and there's a, right. a tension and an anxiety about it. To me, I love serving in the body of Christ. You know, it's just this is family, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't yeah. I didn't earn my way in here. You know, Christ yeah. paid His way and and made me yeah. part of it, and we get to serve one another. And yeah, it's 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 out of gratitude, yeah. and I'm, it's one of those places where you can find rest, right? Mm-hmm. It's interesting, right? You're just because you're doing something doesn't mean you can't find rest, right? You know. Because the point I, the purpose, last Sunday yeah, the was not of rest. take a nap. <laughs> like, that was not the point last Sunday. Yeah. The whole point of rest is find purpose, 
yeah. and fi- and lean dependence, right? Yeah. Those two things, right? So, you know, sometimes your your rest, again, is not the nap. It's finding where you find purpose, right? Yeah. And purpose gives you energy. It gives yeah. you fulfillment. It rests your mind and your soul. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And dependence, like there's no better place to find rest than be like, ah, it's not about me. It's God, right? So right. Mm-hmm. again, it's the these two things don't clash with each other. They yeah. actually work hand in hand together. Absolutely. That's good. That's good. So let's talk about other things that work hand in hand in us like thinking about serving um, what role, like we didn't talk a ton about it on Sunday, but I think this is, this is one of the passages that people commonly go to talking about spiritual gifts mm-hmm. and the church. What, what role do our spiritual gifts play in our serving role at a church? Like in general, like what do they, do they play at hand together? Do they have like no <clears throat> relationship or yeah, like spiritual gifts? And some people may be thinking like, what is even a spiritual gift? in in that but like what role do those play together i mean i have questions myself which i some of them i'm not sure they need to be answered but you know things i wrestle with because a lot of our language when we talk about spiritual gifts it sounds a lot like talents you know Mm -hmm. it sounds a lot like well in the secular world you know i mean people do strengths finder or different you know aptitude measures or different things and it's just like are we just baptizing those concepts and just saying Mm. you know those are from the spirit or is there something supernatural Mm. about what comes on i think the bible is pretty clear that it is supernatural but it may look a lot like um gifts to uh, you know to teach or administrate or comfort or encourage these these things that you know we we can't see in the secular world but in some ways they're different Mm -hmm. through the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, and I think, you know, God, you know, gives us these gifts through the Mm -hmm. Spirit of of God, so they often align with our passions, right? Right. You know, He wired us, He made us that way, so usually where our passions lead us, God has somewhat gifted us in those areas, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, the role, I think they play a significant role, and I think sometimes you just have talents and passions Mm -hmm. that you should serve in, so it, it, I mean, I would bet probably, and this is a, you know, guess, but like 50% of the church probably doesn't even know what their spiritual gifts are, Mm -hmm. and there's no, like, perfect way hey, here's the exact way to find your spiritual gift. Sometimes it comes through trial and error. Sometimes it comes through like, wow, how did I do that? Wow, Spirit of God just moved through you. Sometimes, I I would believe, Brad, you said this earlier, sometimes God gives you a gift for a season, and then he gives you a different one for a season. And so... I think you develop your gifts by contributing, right? Mm-hmm. God God shows you your gifts. I didn't know I had the gift of teaching until I taught, mm-hmm. right? And so sometimes it's just a matter of following God's leading in your life and him developing a gift and showing you that gift through experience. I think it. that's really key. I yeah. think I think our modern mindset is please just give me the test and I can fill out the questions and no, (laughs) but it's like, it's a lot messier than that. We're going to just throw you off the deep end and see what works in some ways. But, uh, I've always thought of the combination of like passions, like you say, yeah. Um, you know, the counsel of others, right? Yeah, that's, that's what I was, I was going to throw that in there. We, we usually don't give like step-by-step formula points, you know, on the Mm -hmm. podcast, but if you're, if you're thinking like, how do I figure out like 
my my gifting, I think Drew, you, we've kind of all brought some of these things to light. Is your passions mm-hmm. and then experience, like getting in the game, mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of the times you don't even know you may have a passion. Sometimes I may even replace those orders because I've talked to countless people through the years that they're like, I don't know, and like somebody else saw something in them. Like you yeah. would be an amazing, you know. Seventh grade boys, small group leader. I know, yep. like, you don't think it and you think, like, they're just stinky and whatever the case may be, but I promise, <laughs> like, you're going to crush it. And somebody else saw something in you and yep. there's a need. So you mm-hmm. jump in and then all of a sudden you're like, holy cow, I love this and right. I'm really good at it. And, right. the, but the fear of it is just like, I don't know. Right. Right. Oh, that yeah. story is told over and over yeah, again. Yeah, over and our, over again. With our group leaders, right? Yeah. There's so many people, they, first off, they have the wrong idea what it means to lead a group. They yeah. think it means being, you know, a mini Drew or something. And, <laughs> uh, but no, it's, um, you know, you've got these, you know, great passion, you know, gifts in teaching and other people think, well, do I need to teach, you know, but no, it's really that pastoral shepherding gift, but there's people who need to be, they would never choose it for themselves. They need right. others to come. And we watch too many role. Marvel movies. These are not super, like, superpowers that you get yeah. one and you have to use it forever, right? right, right we look right. at all these guys, yeah. you know, I, I, all the X-Men and all, you know, all the Marvel characters, yeah. they have this gift and they use that gift. You have probably more than one spiritual gift, mm. right? So some, in, in some circumstances, you're serving in a role where you use one of your gifts and maybe not all your gifts. And so yeah. it's it's... It's not, we're not superheroes here with magical powers. It's yeah. provided by the Spirit of God. Yeah. Even and, though I love Marvel. Yeah. You know? I and, love Marvel. And the, the, so, in that process of our passions, and I, th- I don't even know if you put them in order, but our passions, community, and then experience of like getting in the game, I think those three things play a key role yeah. in us figuring out like, For sure. what are we good at? Where should we serve? And how can we use the church? And even just to add this nuance, you know, we we may all, if you're a follower of Christ, you know, you have the Spirit of God within you, may have gifts, but His evidence of or showing up in working is kind of, in my opinion, and if, at least by experience, is, is directly related to how much I am depending on Him. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have the gift of teaching, any good, like, communicator, preacher, teacher will tell you there's times where you just throw up a goose egg. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. most of the time, that time is when you're you're just depending on your talent and not the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit's work and power, true. you know, in your mm-hmm. life. Like, I know how to do this. Like, yep. let me get up there and figure it out. And you're like, oh, shoot. Yeah. And then there's other times where it was like, I feel so <clears throat> unprepared for this talk. I didn't have enough time. But then, like, you just pray a lot more than normal. And then the Spirit of God works. And it's like, wow, maybe I should just, you know, depend yeah, on Best it. advice I've yeah. ever gotten <laughs> preaching wasn't in a seminary class. It was from a friend. He just said, hey, Drew, don't ever get so you know, memorize that there's no room for the spirit to move your heart somewhere Mm. else. Right. And it, it, you know, again, this is God working through you. And if you don't leave any space for God, not that he needs space, but you know, he desires for us to create space that he moves. And I think our gifts are like that. It's, it's a gift that the spirit uses through you. It's Mm. not, that's the difference, right? Talents are something that's all our power, all, all our, you know, our, Mm -hmm. what we have, but a spiritual gift is something that the spirit of God illuminates in you. I don't know if illuminates the good word, but yeah, it takes faith to have that posture, you know, and just to really rest in God's work in you that it's, 
Because yeah. I think all this, this, I'm this, preaching to myself. Yeah, this, this talk this in this regard is like <laughs> it's all about a posture. It's it's a starting place, and I, and I love that we're talking about a posture of just humility and want, desiring to be a contributor to the church and not just a consumer. You know, because that helps us. If you don't start there, then you'll get in the game for the ultimate wrong reasons. And you gave a great, you know, sports analogy. And I know most of the time we try to avoid sports analogies because they hit a, just a small section of population. But, you know, like <laughs> thinking about your sports analogy, any basketball player who jumps in the game and their only goal is I want to score. Yep. Not we want to score, but like I want to score. You know, like mm-hmm. that that person doesn't stay in the game very long because either coach pulls them out or – you know the team. The team just start stops passing to him. Team doesn't like, like him. Yeah, it's yeah. like nobody wants the ball hog. Like nobody wants that guy. You know, on on the floor with them, and so mm-hmm. um, it keeps them in that regard. I think another topic on gifts too is you know that was the problem in Corinth, right? Is they labeled certain gifts better than others, yeah. and I think one of the big problems when it comes to spiritual gifts, just in in general with humanity, is maybe I don't know if jealousy is the right word, but <laughs> I want the gift that has. The, the most the accolades, glam. right? Yeah. The glamour. I want the gift that takes me on this stage, right? And Paul talks about that. The honorable versus the dishonorable yeah. gifts. Yeah, the ones that are in that regard. But God, as he says, elevates the, what some call the dishonorable gifts or yes. the less glamorous. And just being gifts. okay with the, the role God has given you, right? That mm-hmm. is the best role you can take and mm-hmm. not wanting somebody else's role or desiring after someone else's gifts. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So let's let's ask this question. Should I only be serving at church in my spiritual gift? So if I have the gift of hospitality or teaching or whatever the case may be, administration, should I only say like, well, I can only serve in a role that allows me to exercise said gift on a Sunday morning? And there's mean? a balance between a good fit and that kind of rigid legalism yeah. and also it, it, it the arrogance to even know are you, you really you know i mean you've got the holy spirit scoreboard up there and knows <laughs> what <laughs> gifts you've been assigned and how much it's like like they must have before, the appendix uh, <laughs> i don't know they're discovered in the doing really yeah sure so i would just, you know, yes and no right if i think certain people like want a good I, fit. I, I would say hey at this point i've got the gift of teaching mm-hmm. that doesn't mean i have to teach for the rest of my life mm-hmm. right at some point i think god is you know there's seasons right where hey i have a season for you and until i take you out of that season use that gift so i think people if they know their gifts should try to use them in some capacity. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be like, oh, I can only serve in this area. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, no, you can. You might find you have other gifts by going into a different area. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, again, it's not this legalistic, like, well, you got one path to go in and you better go there or God's going to be disappointed. It's almost impossible then to avoid the pride of, well, I'm not doing that. Yes, right? exactly. That like, is beneath do. me. <laughs> but I, I would say a lot Are of... Are you on the team? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I would say a lot of times in like the church world, though, like those gifts in certain people are elevated in the sense of like of teaching, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not... Uh, I can't do, you know, I can't work in the cafe because I got to teach. I got to exercise the gift of teaching. You know, I can't hold the door. I can't be an usher because, well, do you have anything where I can be a teacher? You know, there's those people who like have that drum and they beat it until they find that well, role. I, I think you ought to remember Jesus' yeah. parable about sitting, you know, not at the head of the table, but at the foot of the table. It's far yeah. better to 
to work faithfully in your corner and be invited into that yeah. role than yeah. to push your way arrogantly into it. Mm, yeah, and first shall we last, right? Yeah. Uh, the way we measure is backwards mm-hmm. from a heavenly perspective. So I, I think it's good to use your gifts. If you recognize you have gifts, definitely use them. If you're if you got, if you got a gift of hospitality, use it, right? Be hospitable, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But don't force it. We're like, oh, all I can do is invite people over to my house and make them food. Like, come I on, mean, God. Yeah. Like, they can send us into the podcast and, you know, try, like, that's right. Yeah. Let us know your address. So. But, uh, but yeah, I, th- I think what we're saying here is like the big, you know, point in all this is locating a need and being willing and humble and saying, like, hey, I'm willing to go wherever you may have mm. me. Uh, but if you know where your passion is, like, for example, if you're like, hey, I really enjoy you know, being hospitable. Like we have a great first impressions like team where it's like ushers and greeters and people in the parking lot, the cafe, like all those are kind of tied in. But if you're like, Hey, I really enjoy the next generation on Sunday mornings, it's, you know, they can serve in kidsmen in a, mm-hmm. a plethora of, of different roles or tech, you know, of cameras and worship mm-hmm. team. There's, there's so many different opportunities and there's so many needs out there that I think the point is, is once you have that mindset, of hey, I want to just jump in the game. I just I'm willing to serve. I'm grateful to to do it. And then it's finding finding where you, you start out. Yeah, I'm sure all three of us have had experiences where you know we just don't know in advance how God is going to use us. And I think we've all had experiences where we've been part of something where God is. We just got to see God work through us mm. in a way that it didn't give, bring us pride. It brought us tears. Yeah. Right. Mm. I mean, I, I remember years ago being part of. Yeah, and, you know, investigative Bible study and just, you know, going back to my desk in tears, just that I got to watch the Holy Spirit work, you yeah. know, and mm-hmm. I got to, you know, you know, be there for that, you know, Eric Little and Chariots of Fire says, I feel, when I run, I feel his pleasure in me. Yeah. It's just, um, we don't necessarily know where, where or how that's going to be. Make yourself available. If someone asks you to do something, give it a try. It does. If it works great. If it doesn't, you know, you've learned, Mm. but, uh, but God will surprise you Mm. and how he uses you. Yeah. I think John and Diane's story is a perfect example of that. We didn't, you know, this is how the spirit works. We didn't plan that on serving, you Mm. know, Sunday or contributing Sunday or that God just aligned all that up to tie it all together. And, you know, it is amazing when you're like, man, I got to play a small part in in that. And when you look at a guy like John, who's strong Italian, mm-hmm. you know, manly man mm-hmm. in that tank, crying his eyes out because oh, yeah. of what God has done in his life. And to be like, wow, played yeah. a, I played a tiny role in that. Right. It's like you said, it brings you to tears. It's right. not like, wow, my gifts are so good. Look what I accomplished. It's We get well, to be a part. Yeah. 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 Thank you, so Lord. Yeah, we've talked about a lot um, in the regard of just the the church as a whole when we gather on a Sunday morning. But there's one other atmosphere that I want to talk about using our gifts or just serving in general that we could do it in a more personalized level. And that's in because Jason, you know, he paid me on the table, but in in community groups. Uh, so of of everyone being a contributor in community groups and not having that mindset of like, oh, well, those are our group leaders and, you know, they lead discussion, they bring snack, they host, they do everything. Like how can different, what are all the different roles? Brad, you're really passionate about this. So this would be an easy softball question for you uh, of, of serving our in our community groups of that, those 10 people that we do are doing life with. Why is it important to have that mindset going into that area? Like I'm going to be a contributor, um, to community. Well, I mean, you're stunting everyone's growth if you just, you know, 
don't let people assume those rules. Um, but it's such it's such a there are so many so many good things happen when people share those roles, you know, in groups. And so we've been in the habit for a few years. I forget who first came up with the idea of because we used to pass around sign up sheets, let people volunteer, and then since then we've just. Most group leaders just make a calendar and just assign people roles, mm-hmm. right? It's like, oh, you're leading discussion, you know, this week, or you're bringing snack, or we're going to be at your house, um, <laughs> and then you let people. That's read. the way Jesus did it too. He's like, Zacchaeus, <laughs> I'm coming to your house tonight. You better have something ready. But then people can react to that, and if they want to push back or trade with someone else mm-hmm. or whatever else, but it just it gets the ball rolling, and it will push them and edge them into things where then they get the joy of serving and growing. And and it also gives them buy-in, right? We've mm-hmm. talked about this is a body that's knitted together. You feel that yeah. when you serve. Right. Mm-hmm. You feel that when others depend on you. Yeah, it's yeah. your group when it's coming to your house. Yeah. You know, and it's just like you're not gonna say, eh, I don't think so this week. No, no, they're coming. <laughs> right. So I don't think we can make it this week, guys. <laughs> well, if you enjoy your group, mm-hmm. at some point, if you don't do anything you're going to lose your group because mm-hmm. your leaders are going to be burnt out and right. tired and it's exhausted. Unsustainable. Yeah. 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 And you know, people don't want my choice for snack every week. <laughs> what, did, what would your choice for yeah, snack? What is your had, choice? Uh, whatever bags of Fritos. Or oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you had like something those. really good. No, that you're share, no, like, no, no, no. I'm not. I, no, I, I am always blessed by what other people bring. <laughs> it's not, and when it's our responsibility, it's, I'm sorry. Karen is far more gifted than I am, but uh, oh, you don't you don't want me on snack. Yeah, the, the last <laughs> not question, my spiritual <laughs> gift. <laughs> not your spiritual gift. That's good. Last question I want to talk about just for a brief second is you you talked about this idea of being a fan of Jesus versus a follower of of Jesus. Mm-hmm. How how can that mindset as we wrap this whole conversation up about serving? Why is that? Why was that distinction made? And how can we know? if we're landing in that fan category of Jesus and not the follower category? Uh, well, you, if you want to really study this, just read the Gospels. And every time the crowd got big with Jesus, you'll notice he said something radical, mm-hmm. right? Like, hey, deny your cross, pick it up, follow me. And guess what he did? He easily just pushed the fans away. And so mm. I think a good like gauge if you're a fan of Jesus is if when he asks you to do something hard whether you run or stay, you know, that was, it's amazing to me, you know, the church today we want, and and I think the church is changing COVID, I think has actually made the church a little bit healthier where we're no longer just measuring how many people come, right? That, that used to be the metric, like, yeah, our church is this big. Oh, my church is this big. That doesn't matter anymore because COVID eliminated that. Mm -hmm. And what, what happens now is we're engaging a lot of things like next steps, attendance, Mm -hmm. giving all these things to say, man, I'm, bought in. And this is hard, but I want to follow Jesus. And so I think a great gauge is just read some of the gospels and look at what some of the things Jesus calls his disciples to. He says a couple times, if you want to be my disciple, AKA, Mm. if you want to follow me, do this. And if you're like, "Mm, I'll do that. You're probably a follower. If you're like, yeah. you might be on the fence still. One yeah. of his least popular sermons, eat my flesh, drink my blood. Yeah. It's, they just left They're like, wait, what? <laughs> read a commentary when you read that one. <laughs> Can I That's, ask you a question? Yeah. Sure. Uh, so no, what uh, do wait, you thanks find? Thanks for listening. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. So on that topic, okay. what do you find hardest to teach or do you find people hard, you know, it's hard to receive? I mean, there's, there's waves. Have you seen... 
you know, you know, certain teaching where it's been it's been hard for people. We've lost people over. Is that? Oh yeah. I mean, anytime you, you, anytime you even touch anything that would be in the realm of biblical and political, Mm -hmm. um, people just dig their heels in and they, you know, you you stretch them on things like racism or things like how we treat people. Right. Um, there's so many nuances there that people, you know, you, you step on a landmine and people don't give you the grace that you hope they give you, they just seem to walk away. And again, this is a very, you know, they're all very constant, but there are topics that, you mm-hmm. know, I feel like people just don't go there. Yeah. Did I go off topic with that or, but that's just, we're talking about a faithfulness in serving. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I don't think so. I think in the regard of, I think a lot of times when it comes to teaching, the the hard part is, is convincing people the difference in believing it or doing it, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. uh, that's, uh, there's a, a book that we've referenced, like, do you believe? And it's really convicting. By, it's by Paul Tripp in the sense of like, just talking about all these biblical principles, like of, okay, if you really believe this, but you're not living it out, like what, what, are, what are you? You, you don't know, actually believe it. You don't actually believe it. And I think that thinking about our church and there's a lot of people who, who love Northridge, but aren't, you know, taking next steps or they're really not engaged. And so if you're, if you're saying what you love about Northridge is just that one hour you come on Sunday morning because you, you know, the worship team's amazing. The tech crew's mm-hmm. amazing. The kids men team's amazing. The teaching's amazing. It's like, I love getting to come and watch for an hour. It's like, well, you're really, you're not in the game. And if you, if you believe, if do you believe, then you'll like do what Jesus said. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talked about how we're all necessary for each other. He talked about how, we should be serving and, and, you know, fulfilling needs and those kind of things inside the local church context and as we're out and about in our lives. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, we're, again, with all of these, we're offering something more. I mean, there's really something wonderful in stepping forward in yeah. this. It may not seem like it, you know, giving your money away, giving your time away, you yeah. making sacrifices, it's counterintuitive, but that is the paradox of the gospel, that we die, yeah. you know, those who you know, want to keep their lives will lose it, but yep. those who give it away. Well, and with, with a heavenly perspective, yeah, you want to get to heaven and be like, wow, look, I mean, that will be an amazing thing. Look how God used my, his, the gifts he's given me to impact lives that I, I didn't yeah. even know were listening. I didn't mm. even know I had influence over, yeah. right? That will be a beautiful thing in heaven. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for listening this week on A Little Better, where we talked all about serving. We wrap up this series next week. Uh, with one more habit that has the potential to change your life. We'll see you then.